This week's episode is brought to you by the 2020 Startup Virtual Summit. Picture this, increased revenue, strong brand awareness that your customers trust, a large online community of clients, an actionable strategic plan you can use each quarter, functioning as the CEO and not the worker. The picture I just painted is a glimpse into your world as an entrepreneur, but you can only get to this level when you invest in yourself. The 2020 Startup Virtual Summit will give you clarity on your brand's message, connections to help you see how personal development impacts your business growth, and confidence to show up boldly with your online community. Our four amazing speakers are dropping jewels and bombs of knowledge. Plus, you'll hear from our Business Bestie panel, giving you transparent experience coupled with their expertise. Use code 2020START for special pricing. That's 2020START. You can get your tickets now at bit.ly forward slash 2020 Startup VS. That's bit.ly forward slash 2020 Startup VS. Hi, I'm Beth Ruffin, and I'm committed to making our world more inclusive through consulting, coaching, and speaking. I believe everyone deserves a seat at the table. So I started this podcast to highlight the underrepresented, the marginalized, the diminished, the underappreciated. I wanted to create a platform to elevate their voices. So come join me, have a seat at the table, and let's chat. I'm so excited for you to hear my conversation this week with Mandy Medlock as we talk about women in politics, and her role with South Carolina Women in Leadership, which is a multi-partisan group of women whose mission it is to move South Carolina forward socially, economically, educationally, and environmentally through information, connection, and engagement of women leadership. Mandy and I are going to be talking about some of the reasons why there aren't more women in political leadership and what we all can do to help women move forward in the endeavor to represent us. Let's look at some statistics. In the United States, women represent 51% of the population, but only represent 24% of Congress and 25% of Senate. And here in South Carolina, the numbers are even lower, where women only represent 19% of the representatives at the State House. So I think you're gonna enjoy this conversation and I hope that you take action. Let me tell you a little bit more about Mandy. Mandy Medlock is a marketing manager with Genoa Healthcare and a longtime mental health advocate in the Midlands community. She formerly worked as executive director for both NAMI Mid-Carolina and Justice 360. Mandy passionately advocates for those in the eating disorder recovery community, as well as those recovering from alcohol and drug addiction. She serves on the South Carolina Mental Health State Planning Council and is a dedicated founder and active member of South Carolina Women in Leadership. In addition, she currently serves on the board of directors of Work in Progress, a nonprofit which assists persons with mental illness to obtain employment. In her free time, Mandy enjoys practicing yoga and meditation. She is a proud single mom of two grown children, ages 24 and 21, and an adorable eight-year-old Maltese named Penelope. 
I think you can see why I asked Mandy to be on the show. So let's get started, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. All right. Hi, Mandy. Welcome to the table. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you for joining me. Um, So listeners, Mandy and I met not so long ago. Uh, I think it was late 2019 when I was at an event and she was talking about the great work that she does. Uh, We have a running joke, though, between us that I heckled her. That is when true. we first That's met. True. It's not a joke. It's real. No. <laughs> and so I promise not to heckle you today. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I did, obviously, I did okay because here we are today. This is right. This months is true. later. This is months true. Later. So we made it. <laughs> and I love how when you meet someone new, like then you realize, oh my God, we have the same network. Like we know all these people in common, but had never met before. That's right. So, so there's, um, a, am... there's like an immediate trust. What? Yeah. realize that we know some of the same people so it's this is true so I'm so happy that you're here and that we're connected me too Um, thank you so let's get started um tell us a little bit more about the organization that you helped found South Carolina Women in Leadership well um I'm excited to be involved in the group we launched in uh April of 2019 so gosh we'll soon be coming up on our year Um, and I was asked to be part of, um, early on the communications committee, how we were going to get our message out, uh, around the state. And, um, so my early involvement, uh, was first to learn about, you know, what our mission was, um, from the beginning. And then we had this big, huge launch in April And then there was kind of this void. It's like, okay, how do we get people started in this? Women immediately wanted something to do. And so we had to come up with the plan of what that was. How could we put people in immediate positions on the ground and spread the message? So that was a challenge that we met. And um, and then once we kind of got that going, um, I wanted to be part of Um, not just the um, social media message or the electronic message, things like that. I wanted to be part of, well, what I'm doing with you right now, Um, reaching audiences that may not see us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I love that. And this work is so important, um, especially at a time like now mm-hmm. when there are so many things happening in the political you know, atmosphere, um, the importance of making sure that we have women who are in elected and appointed positions that can help drive policy that affects us. Well, it's so obvious. I mean, today is March the 27th of 2020, we're in the middle of this health crisis pandemic in America. And it just makes you wonder what if women were leading this instead of all men? Um, Where would we be? How would this be handled differently? I know that it would be handled differently and I feel sure it would be handled better. Um, (laughs) And I can (laughs) say that about so many of the recent crises that we've undergone. Um, I think that um, obviously the 2016 election was a big wake up call for all of us. Um, But but then again, so many things since then, the 2018 uh, elections, when so many women had success 
was another wake up call because South Carolina wasn't necessarily represented in that. Um, we are in South Carolina, 52% of the population women, and we only make up 19% of our legislature. And so it's really time to take a look in our state at inward, right. And ask, um, what are the problems here that you and I, Beth, because we are involved and we are leaders in our community. How can we help? our sisters um, get involved, overcome the barriers that they face. Because as you and I know, women do want to make a difference. Women do want to serve. Um, but sometimes the barriers feel or seem or, or are overwhelming. And most, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to, I was going to ask you to, to follow up on that and talk to us about what some of those barriers are that women who want to get into politics face. Well, I think, um, number one, there's a fear of just uh, not having the skills. Um, there's a fear of not having the time, you know, they're also raising children, um, not having proper education. Um, there are just so many fears and, I want to reassure your listeners that women, we are too hard on ourselves. Um, When we are are ready to apply for a job or seek an office um, or any kind of application, submit an application for something, we feel we have to meet 98% of the criteria before we will submit the application. Um, Men feel they have to meet about 65%. Yeah, that seems about right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Criteria. It's really quite bizarre. And um, why is that we are very, we have very high standards for ourselves. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have high standards. Of course we should. But at the same time, um, maybe it's too much. Maybe we need to take it easy on ourselves and realize that part of being on the job is learning on the job. Like we don't have to know the ins and outs of every position before we start the position. And, you know, it it reminds me of the night you and I met and we were um, having an open discussion about some of this, like serving on boards and commissions. Some of the women in the room were, were like, well, I don't know how to serve on a board. I don't know the rules of serving on a board. And, um, and that was one of the barriers they talked about being intimidated uh, about not knowing the rules. And um, so therefore they don't apply. Um, right. So I would say to those women, Um, to number one, don't let having or not having that small amount of information stop you from getting involved. If you want to serve on your local um, library board, go for it. You know, if you have a love of learning, a love of oversight, um, whatever it is, um, but you don't know how, uh, the Roberts rules book works of how to run a board. (laughs) Don't worry about it because that knowledge is easily accessible um, through a a group like ours. So we want to support women in that way. Um, If they were to approach us and say, listen, I want to be on my local library board, but 
I need a refresher or I need a resource on how to get comfortable in a board meeting before I go in there and make a fool of myself, you know? So I think with that, um, we just want to be that, that support, that cushion. Um, I mean, another thing that's so big is, is children. You know, I was a single mom myself and there were so many, um, reasons associated with it. Well, I don't think I can do this because of the children or I'll just wait until they're older um, and I'll be able to do more. And um, that is really valid. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, you can just take the kids everywhere. Obviously, that is not true. You can't take children everywhere. But I think if we are able to build momentum and um, build membership on let's say boards and commissions, um, to a certain level. I mean, if you have a a board of 10 people, let's just hypothetically speaking, say you have a board of 10 and four of those 10 are struggling with childcare. Mm -hmm. It it then becomes an issue that the board has to deal with. They have to face it head on and say, okay, Let's talk about getting childcare for our board members or providing that during our meeting time. If only one of them is struggling, well, the whole board's not going to pay any attention to that. Oh, that's her problem. Why should we care? But if four or five of the board members are facing the same struggle, then it becomes a board problem. And it's recognized as an issue that all of them can hand- have to handle together. That's right. And I think also something that women, we are used to, hey, it's a problem. I'm going to, I'll figure out how to fix it, Mm -hmm. right? I'll figure out how to manage. I'll figure this out. And sometimes I think we can shoot ourselves in the foot by having that attitude because we're not stepping up and asking questions, right? Or saying, hey, listen, this is my childcare situation, right? What can we do about this? Right, right. I mean, I, I'm, I work for a, a large corporation. And um, in response to the um, coronavirus pandemic that we are facing, um, you know, there have been, as you would very well know, as a single mom, um, mm-hmm. there's been school closures throughout our country. So many moms and dads for that matter, um, employed in our company have had trouble with childcare issues. Well, almost immediately, our company um, introduced a program whereby they will pay for three weeks of childcare. Wow. Now, it's a program they had all along that they just didn't really publicize. You know, it was there all along because there are instances, as you and I very well know, where families just run into trouble. You know, yeah. um, child care institutions get shut down. Um, children get sick and can't go to normal child care, whatever. And, and larger corporations um, recognize that this is a problem for families and they have gone to great lengths to take care of their um, working families in this way. Good companies do that now. Um, I didn't know. I would have assumed the worst that people are out there on their own and it's just tough luck. Well, 
it's not always the case. You know, people need to ask questions. And like you said, sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot um, by just simply not having the knowledge, by assuming the worst. We're conditioned that way because we haven't always had it easy. You know, Mm -hmm. it has been tough. And um, especially for women of color. So um, when this happened last week, I, um, I had the pleasure of kind of putting together a, a brief, like a one-sheeter for some of the women in, in, on my team on how to access the childcare. And nice. I was so excited about that. So not only was I introducing them to a program, but I was also making it even easier so, so they right. didn't have to go through pages and pages <laughs> on the internet, you know? That's and, right. Um, so, you know, that's what I mean my, about women working together because I work on a female led team. My boss is a female and then there's four women on my level um, under her. And then under us, there's like 16 women, one man <laughs> on that level. Okay. And so it was a real, um, real strong effort to make sure that information got out efficiently um, and thoroughly at, to whomever needed it um, about childcare. I love that. And that's also what you're doing with South Carolina Women in Leadership. Right. Right. Talk to us a little bit about that, about how do you help um, women find this information? Right. So that's what we've done. Yeah. It's such a good segue because um, what we realized early on when we launched the group is women want to lead. They want to find a a place for them. And you know what, that, that may not be the state house right away. That, that may not be the legislature. Um, It may not even be um, county council or city council in their area. That may be too big of a leap to start. Um, So uh, what we did is we put together on our website um, a section where you can search your city or your county boards and commissions. Some of the positions are paid. Some of them are voluntary. And you can search them. And this is everything from uh, like gardening to, like I said, libraries to um, police oversight. Um, I mean, everything that you can imagine, um, disability dollars, tax dollars. It is really quite amazing. And so you can go on there and find uh, whatever you're interested in, and you can ap- uh, apply to be on that board or commission. And it's a great way to out public service um, without having to, you know, go ahead and take that leap to run for office. Maybe you've thought about running for office before, uh, but you're not, just not quite ready. Um, but you can learn about how government's working in your area and, um, figure out if you're, you know, ready to take the next step in the next couple of years. And having it all in one place is just so beneficial because, you know, knowing where to go for what, this is that one-stop shop. I know um, you also had a partnership with the governor's office that I thought was pretty cool. We did the same thing. So we had the, um, the, city and county boards and commissions up for about six months and they're still up, but that was kind of our first launch. And then in October of 2019, 
we launched the uh, state boards and commissions with a partnership with uh, Henry McMaster's office um, because there are literally thousands of vacancies throughout our state on state boards and commissions. Now, these are a little uh, more intense, the service on them. Um, some of them are paid, some are voluntary. Um, the ones that are paid, some of them do take approval from the legislature. So it's not like you can just walk in there and say, okay, I'm ready for this new job, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> and some of them are paid heftily, I will say, um, quite generous payments. Um, but, and the ones that are filled currently, some of these folks have been in there for way too long. Like it is time to move these people out and move some new people in. And, um, <laughs> and listen, Henry McMaster wants these positions filled. If, if these aren't filled, then that means the decisions made by these boards and commissions are being made at the state house. And if the state house is making them, that means men are making them, you know, because like I said, 19% is our representation, women's representation mm -hmm. at the state house. That's not a lot. <laughs> right. So no, not at all. Up. It doesn't trickle down, um, you know, power. It trickles up. And so cities and counties and these state boards and commissions um, we're not being well represented when these positions are not filled. Uh, so the governor wants these um, boards and commissions filled. He um, thinks that, you know, it will do him a favor as far as his likability with women. We don't know one way or the other if that's true. I mean, we're a nonpartisan group. Um, we don't support Democrats or Republicans one way or another. What we want is we want women in office because we know that our issues as women, whether it be health, health care, child care, um, women's issues <laughs> are better mm -hmm. represented by women. Period. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so you are, for those applications that you um that come through you yes. know your team you are then giving them directly the to yes the governor. they come in on our website now the, these are for the state boards and commissions they come in our website and they're filled out and um we then let, hand deliver them over to the governor's office um to the woman that is running the program for the governor um and I, her name slips me right now, but um, she was appointed expressly for this. Um, however, I will say that um, it was going very well and moving along. Um, and then about a month ago, the, the world turned topsy-turvy. And right. um, I think that everything is just kind of on hold right now. Um, statewide, you know, yeah, that's understandable. But my goodness, what a huge barrier you're removing, uh, right. right? By putting those directly into the hands of someone, right, that has access to the government. And the state. great thing is, um, too, is that we did this in cooperation, not just with 
the governor's office, but we are sponsored as a group by women's other women in the state, um, you know, like Nephron Pharmaceuticals, you know, who is their mm-hmm. run, their women owned. And so they have sponsored um, some of this work uh, through women in leadership. So the governor can't not pay attention to this work because some of these very um, powerful women plan to hold him account for it because they, they have given to yes. the group monetarily um, with the hopes that this work gets done and that more women will be in leadership um, for all of our sake. I love that. And we, while we, we don't like to talk about it sometimes, it isn't, this is important, right? Sponsorship. I mean, money is part oh. of politics. That is, that's yeah, a and huge We're piece a nonprofit. And so for us right. to get work done, um, we have to get, you know, grants and we have to have support. Like I'm a, when I say I'm a founding member, it's because I was able to give monetarily um, at the beginning of, you know, this baby organization. Um, I was able to give of my time um, and I was able to, you know, sponsor monetarily uh, the organization when it was, you know, just barely, a, you know, a little seed. <laughs> right. When it was a yeah, seed yeah, as yeah. it grows. And then we have some uh, corporate support um, from some women owned businesses that help um, shine a light on to some of these projects. And it makes it very difficult for, you know, let's say the governor's office to ignore what we're doing, which is great. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I also want you to talk about how you are, you know, you and the group are being intentional to make sure that di- a diversity of women are hearing about these, yes, this program. I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, I come from a, a nonprofit background myself. So I worked in um, nonprofit arenas for um, mental health and also in criminal justice reform. Um, so it's very important for me to reach folks that aren't necessarily watching the news at seven o'clock every night. <laughs> maybe they, maybe yes. they don't <laughs> have a smartphone or a laptop and um, I need another way to reach them. And so one of the group, one of the things we did um, that South Carolina Women in Leadership did is they formed, they called them circles of leadership throughout South Carolina, where they, they went and met with groups of women uh, at, you know, Furman University. They had one in Charleston, the College of Charleston. They had another one in Florence at Francis Marion. And so they were um, doing a really good job of making contacts throughout the state at various locations. Um, but I had a concern that even that type of outreach was still not reaching down into the communities and grabbing folks that may not see it otherwise. And so um, I said to Barbara Rax, who is uh, the founder of the group, uh, I said, I 
with your permission, would really like to go out into the community um, and talk about what we're doing to folks that aren't going to be showing up at College of Charleston or Francis Marion or whatever um, that ha- that are involved with other groups. And um, I know Kayla through through other means, but she you know runs Black Women Twenty Twenty, and I asked her for the honor of presenting at one of her groups um, because I knew it would be all black women. And I said, I, I will not show up if you want me to, but I have two black women that I work with in South Carolina women in leadership and they will be presenting uh, that evening. And so she was very kind and said, Mandy, you are welcome to be part of the group. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so I, I came and I sat, most mostly silent as you might remember and and let and let the um, women that came with me speak up front until there came a time where the questions were um just a little bit above what they were versed in as far as the group um and um so it was really an honor for us to be a part of that evening um because you all accepted us as you know guests that night where we got to explain what we were doing and hopefully present to you all an opportunity for those present. That's right. And there is power mm-hmm. in oh, representation. Absolutely. <laughs> right. And and you think about a state like South Carolina, when you think even just about racial, you know, we talked about gender, but even if you think yeah. about racial representation, that is not seen oh, gosh, in the no. state house. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, you know, in nonprofit world, you know, that this could be a whole different topic, but you don't see a lot of people of color in leadership Mm-mm. of nonprofits, right. of large nonprofits, right. That serve people yeah. of color in the communities. Um, so yeah, representation is extremely important. So I'm grateful that you all are doing that work to make sure that you are speaking to people kind of outside of, you know, the normal, uh, maybe the normal networks. Oh, it's so that important. I mean, because I know as a 48 year old woman in South Carolina, how stuff really gets done. And it's not without yeah. black women. <laughs> Period. That's right. And so That's if right. I really want to get something done in our communities. Um, y- y'all are going to be part of it. P- Period. <laughs> I love it. That's a, that's always been my truth anyway. <laughs> so so I, yeah. I need that. <laughs> I love that. And what about, what about um, economically? Yes. Well, yeah, right? that too. I mean, so it how... is a challenge and you know what? <laughs> it is, it's sometimes a challenge for me to get that point across, even to the women I work with. Um, it's not a perfect, okay. we're, not everybody has been, um, a part of every conversation, <laughs> you know, um, I've learned so much along yeah. my path. And so it is, it is truly a challenge to, um, meet everybody where they are, <laughs> you know, and sometimes get, right. um, get the points across to everybody. We have to remove the barriers that are, are in front of us. And so, I mean, I think a what you and I are doing right now is a huge step forward because your podcast is going to reach people um, with barriers that, you know, 
people that arrive at Furman to listen to women in leadership don't have, you know what I mean? And so we just have to get really creative. I mean, my, my next outing to, um, to speak was supposed to be to a organization that represents those with disabilities, physical disabilities. Um, now love it because of the current circumstance in the world that is off for now, but when things get normal again, um, because we want, of course, people of color, of course, people of different economic means. We also want people in wheelchairs, people in walkers, people with visual differences. I mean, in my world, everybody would be part of it, you know, and represented because like you said, it's all about mm-hmm. representation. They're making those decisions for us at the state house. Those decisions are being That's made. Right. We should all be there. Um, but if we don't know about That's the right. opportunities, so many people think they can't do it. They think the barriers are so, um, I guess, firm and entrenched. Um, but, you know, Barbara, our founder, I was talking to her earlier today and she said something really empowering to me today uh, without even knowing it. Um, we were talking, there's a opening in Charleston County for the coroner. And she said, do you know anybody in Charleston that might want to run for coroner? <laughs> and I actually said, well, so-and-so, I'm, I'll put it to, you know, I'll just, I'll test the waters, but I doubt it. So I actually am going to tell somebody I know down there. And she said, well, I know she's got a lot on her plate, but she can run a campaign from her kitchen table. And, you know, it's true now. Things have changed. Right. And campaigning has changed. Um, And some things can truly be done differently than they used to be done. Now, I understand people do still have to knock on doors. I mean, presidential campaigns are one thing, but... Charleston County Corner, hey, maybe it can be run from your kitchen table. You know, uh, it's worth a try. Right. You know, if you really want to try to be Charleston County Corner, <laughs> why not try? Yeah. Hey. And so the woman that was Charleston County Corner is um, retiring or decided she's not going to run again or something like that. So now there's an opening. And, of course, we want a woman in there. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that. Mandy, tell me for any of our listeners um, who want to help support getting more women in politics or more women in leadership, what's some advice for them on how to be allies or how to support um, this I work? I think very simply, um, the first thing to do is don't discourage people. When you're having um, that first conversation or those first few conversations, um, don't see uh, children or um, let's say credit card debt or uh, what, whatever those barriers that you consider as maybe things you can't overcome. Let's quit talking about those things as um, impossible. Um, my a challenge would be those are just the things that make it possible because you've made it this far with those things. Um, when I look back at my own challenges and what got me to a leadership position and it kind of propelled me forward, it is 
my challenges that enabled me to get as far as I did. It gave me the strength, you know, and um, so I, I would challenge people to say, to quit saying, oh, but you can't do it because of this or you can't do it because of that. How about, okay, I know you got a bunch of credit card debt right now, but I know this banker or I, I have a friend that's an accountant and I think she might be able to get us through the weeds a little bit or, you know, let's start talking about options rather than just the bad news. And, um, and, and we can help with that. I mean, South Carolina Women in Leadership wants to be part of your options um, to get you to a better place. Yeah. I love that. Options instead of the bad news. And listen, we know options. I mean, especially mothers. Now we know how to Uh turn two pennies and make it into a world-class meal. We, we know (laughs) how to overcome challenges. And so it's, and so how different right. is it? Why aren't we making all politics, the budgets? Right? I, yeah. That's what I don't understand. I mean, if we didn't right. get in there making this right. budget that they just signed today, that's bigger <laughs> than the new deal. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. Donald Trump just signed the bigger than the new deal. I'm like, I, if the world is on its head right now, I don't know what is. <laughs> I think it is. Just give us $5. We'll figure exactly. it out. We've exactly. got it. <laughs> well, Mandy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for, you know, your friendship and for your advocacy in our community. If people want to know more about South Carolina women in leadership or know more about you, what's the best Absolutely. way? To I want them to go to our website, scwomenlead.net. So that is bare minimum and they can find so much good information there. Um, We have a Facebook page, Twitter and Instagram. So look us up on there too. Um, And if you are interested in knowing me personally, I am Mandy with a Y Medlock um, on Facebook. Um, Find me there. I'm on the other handles as well, but Facebook is where I do most of my, um, just personal stuff. That's where Beth and I stay connected and get lots of good laughs. <laughs> yes, especially now. Especially while we're now. All up. <laughs> but, um, and I'm on the South Carolina Women Lead page a lot too. So, yes, our website again, um, scwomenlead.net. And um, you should be able to find everything you need, everything we spoke about boards and commissions, county, city, and state are listed on there. Perfect. Thank you, Mandy, again. And thank you to our listeners for joining us this week. And thank we'll you. talk to you next week. To learn more, check out at the table with and subscribe so you can get notified each week when a new episode drops.